today what we're going to be doing is Father's Day is is like a, a really kind of amazing day in the in the year and in the calendar. But ultimately speaking, when we think of things on a, on a wider scale, Father's Day is actually quite a, a difficult day. Just like Mother's Day can be such a difficult day. So if we're going to look at a couple of superheroes and their examples, then they vary quite a bit. So like with Batman. He lost his mum and dad after going to the cinema, having an amazing experience, then they were taken from him, and he never quite recovered or got over that. We can look at Cyborg. His dad was never there. He was super, His dad was just so successful. He was always busy, never putting um, time in for his son, always on to the next thing. We can look at Iron Man. His dad was like a billionaire with loads and loads of money, super successful, but wasn't able to kind of have the stable relationship with his son and then both his parents were killed and he never really kind of had that and it was always this fractured relationship and then we have to take a moment silence for Wonder Woman whose dad is the god of war like it doesn't get more peak than that but actually if we look at today's society there's a lot of dads out there who are pretty similar who everything they touch is destructive and they just destroy the whole world around them and so when we look at these heroes we actually see a reflection of our own society so with superman although that's a slightly different one we'd have to go with genocide for any reflection to that <laughs> but his, his whole planet blows up his mum and dad lost in that but we have a wonderful picture from society again where he was adopted by these amazing amazing parents that actually are the reason he is superman because if you remove the experience on the farm he could be just like a superpowered villain but he's Superman because of the amazing upbringing he gets from, the, from his parents. And then we can move along to, like, Spider-Man, who, like, man, I think that's probably one of the most tragic ones, like, losing your mum and dad, living with your auntie and your uncle, and your, your inaction is the reason why your new kind of dad figure, like, your uncle, is, is kind of taken from you. I mean, it's really, really brutal. And then we have, obviously, the huge favourite at the moment, um, Black Panther, who, in the Civil War film, his dad was an amazing dad, but his dad... Um, is killed in front of him and he has this whole grieving at, of, of processing what it's like losing his father which actually I could honestly say I've seen all shades of all these different stories in different people's lives that I've met over a period of time so I've met young people who don't know who their dad is which is a totally different ball game and that's horrible I've met young people who know who their dad is but their dad's not around I've met young people whose dads are millionaires and just throw money at them and buy them some nice things um, like they always have the latest iPhone and they go crazy about the iPhone they've got because their dad bought it for them and they go way over the top about it because they have no other connection really with him he's just not there um, I, I've met kids whose dad lives in another country the mum and dad are still together but they live apart because he's making mad money over there sending it back but the kid is growing up really kind of tormented because he actually wishes his dad was just here he doesn't really care about that stuff and then I've met um, I remember a girl having texts on her phone that she showed me because her dad basically texted her everything he thought about their relationship because he wanted her to know in no uncertain terms in writing how little she meant to him um, so that she could never be confused about this issue and so they were always there and I could see where a lot of anger issues in her life stem from because all it would take to have a bad day and she'd go straight to the text messages and she'd be reading those messages again and just kind of staying in that place and there's all sorts of tragi tragedy around that and then yesterday seeing a friend of mine on Facebook before Father's Day has even come putting up the Rest in peace, Dad. I love you and I still miss you. And so when we look at these superhero stories, actually we can relate to a lot of them. And also, I mean, we don't even have to go too far anymore because, I mean, this week has been probably one of the toughest weeks for a lot of people across the whole city of London because I don't know anyone who was in um, Grenfell Tower, but I'm not going to lie. It's probably taken up more of my thinking than any other thing this week. And actually, if I look back over this series, we started the Hero series looking at Hulk, 
which was such a defining one for me and it's something that has really resonated with me for this particular week because one of the things I don't know if you remember that I kept saying was that the key thing about the Hulk is either your anger destroys and levels everything around you or you channel it to save the world and to bring about change in your society and I think a few days ago we came to a place where anger had really been stirred up to the point that it was going to bring more destruction rather than achieve the end result of justice and transformation within our country that we desperately need to come out of this horrible mess because I mean if it's true and we don't know yet but if it's true it's just simply it was an eyesore and so they renovated it and that cladding is there just because people are like looking at a building and all these people are dead then something has to change and we have to learn a lesson that some things are just way more important than what makes you feel uncomfortable because you don't like to look at it with your eyes. I mean, these are people, whole families that are gone. And as the days go on, we're going to see that toll go so much higher because this is generally the numbers they've released are just the ones they've ID'd. I mean, we're going to go, I think, past 150. I mean, it's going to be one of the biggest tragedies I can think of in my lifetime. It's just absolutely horrific. And the thing that stuck with me was I felt so uncomfortable about it. I remember when it first happened, I was saying to Jody, like, I don't want to watch the news tonight. And then we watched the news because I wanted to kind of save myself from seeing it because I didn't want to feel that anger and that hurt and, that, and, and, and just be a douche. And then I'm being a douche by running away from it. And so... I've been trying this week to kind of find myself in the middle ground of watching, taking it all in, but trying to channel the anger towards something good and productive. And so many people brought down so many amazing resources that were so needed, but the time for that is over now. We don't need any more of that. They need volunteers to sort, they need other things. And so for me, I've just been spending this week kind of thinking about the long-term implications and what I can do and what City Hill is going to do as a church because we have to do something because that's what God calls us to do. Um, We can't be... Um, vacant from this and I think it all comes down to today really so today um, we've called it man Sunday and please we have some things that we want you guys to enjoy as you leave <laughs> um, everyone man man them take a beer um, and anyone who wants grab one of the, the, the toy build, building plane things because ultimately I mean those planes were the key for boys becoming men let's be real like every kid had one of those things as a, as a kid and broke them and cried their eyes out and learned what it meant to suffer and to mature and, and uh, overcome difficulty and oppression so we've got that we've got a few other things that we want to um, give out as well but with today being mandate with being um, Father's Day the big thing that hit me was about who God is and who God is revealed to us. And in the Old Testament, we have this understanding of creator, which is a distant idea of someone who creates or makes something. But in the New Testament, there's this shift that takes place where at the beginning of the Gospels, it talks about a father in heaven. And it keeps saying the statement of a father in heaven. And still, what we have is we have a transition from a creator to a father, but it's more of a kind of a formal kind of language and a kind of disciplined um, power figure relationship that takes place and there's some changes along the way and the reason that matters to me and the reason why that ties in when I look at the the, the story of the superheroes is because each one of those heroes they had a a, a tragic experience with losing a father losing a mother Um, they had a tragic experience and they somehow channeled that pain that heartache that failure that that agony that, 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 that grief and they channeled it to being someone who would later be a person who would bring about change within society and would frequently kind of save the world. The reason that matters is because actually there's going to be a large number of children 
out of this tragedy whose mum and dads are not going to be there anymore. They're going to be fatherless. I remember the two girls from the 21st floor that somehow eight and six years of age managed to get out and one of them's in a coma and one of them's in hospital in a critical condition as well and they don't know where their mum and dad is and their mum and dad most likely, hopefully not, but most likely they're dead. They're going to be fatherless now and the Bible talks about God and it says he's our father but it says that he's father to the fatherless in the Old Testament. It even goes as far as to say, even if your mother and your father reject you, the Lord will not reject you, is what it says. So as a church, I feel really, really challenged by this because ultimately what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to do something about it. So I want to make, I don't normally use Sundays, I don't normally use talks to make announcements, but I'm going to make a couple of announcements today. So what's been going on? So I've kind of done this jump in ship of my work scenario, doing City Hill full time. But there's some things I want to tell you about your, your regular giving to City Hill. Um, we don't take up an offering on a Sunday. All of our giving is done in secret online. We take the awkward out of the offering. Nothing gets passed around, but we have people who generously give to the work here. And so I want to say a couple of things because it's Father's Day that really are in tune with that so as a church out of your regular giving we have two daughters in Kagera, Tanzania that we sponsor we provide their their food we provide their um, schooling resources their uniforms which by the way are pretty much some of the best clothes they have and and their school shoes we also provide for them a goat um, because that's a really cool thing for them to be able to have sustainability to also learn towards kind of like business skills and also looking after the animal taking care of it and and long-term produce secondly to that what we also have is something we've been working on since I've gone full time where Christian isn't here today, but myself and Christian have been meeting and talking about some things. Um, We were looking at the community because it's great being father to the fatherless over there and that's fantastic and we'll continue to do that and we have ambitions to make it more than just two and we'd like eventually to support 10. But within our sphere of influence here and now in Clapham Common, we start to look around what are churches doing in the area? And what is unique about us and what do we have that we could bring to the table that could be a beautiful thing within our community, locally, here, that can make a difference? So me, after spending about kind of six months coming up with an idea and stuff, I approached Christian and chatted through with Christian about the idea of what I'd like to, 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 to try and do. And we've got to the point now on the 28th, it's going to happen for the very first time. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking two drug dealers and turning them into entrepreneurs. So we're going to be taking two kind of teenage guys that are known about one of the particular blocks, not too far from here, that are, are shot in. And that is seen as one of the only opportunities for them. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be working with them in three stages. So the first stage is going to be about coming up with a, a kind of an idea, uh, maybe a piece of clothing or something, where they will work on their own brand, their own design. So this is one of the ones that we'll be giving away today for those of you who made it four Sundays in a row. Uh, the Jesse with Jesus um, jumpers and wrong time of year I know forgive and uh, the City Hill logo on there we're going to come up with them sit down going through the process that you would as a company or coming up with your own idea as an entrepreneur working through a design an idea a brand that they would like to create and making their own clothing and helping them to market it and sell it online all of the money from the sales will go into the City Hill account all the profit will be theirs but they won't get the cash. They will ask us for whatever they want and we'll purchase it and we'll get it for them or any bill they want paid for their family or for someone else or a loved one or whatever. And we're going to do that. That'll be the first round. The second round will be far more adventurous. So the second round will be looking at what their dreams, aspirations are or something they would like to do that may not be associated to clothing. If they want to try another kind of product, we'll do that. If they don't, we'll try something else. Um, The reason we're going to be doing this is because we believe that often in particular areas, People talk about um, disenfranchised. People talk about those who don't have the same opportunities as others. But we believe that we have a father in heaven 
who has adopted us as children and lavishes grace, which is his power to empower us and lead us forward. And we believe he's calling us to do the same. The third thing we're going to want to do is we're going to do something about Grenfell. So I don't know. We're a really small church. There are guys that are going to do much bigger things than us. But I'm looking to do something similar to the model that we have with African Child Trust, where we sponsor the two girls. So I'm looking to have raise funds so that we will be able to give money directly to whoever ends up being the legal guardian of anyone who ends up being fatherless or orphaned as a result of this unbelievable tragedy. So the reason all of these things connect together is because actually at City Hill we've done a number of other things where we realize we don't take up an offering on a Sunday and giving is one of our values so we make giving really difficult but we don't want an offering because we don't want it to be awkward for anyone who ever comes and visits here and checks us out or someone who comes here that doesn't know God doesn't want to um, really not even sure if they want to know God but they come here to explore something we don't want this to be an invasive place where someone does a hard sale and so that's not something we're prepared to be and it's something that we believe God has told us not to be but the problem we had was on our website our giving options were so so weak so it was either you went to the bank with a printed out piece of paper if you wanted to do the best thing possible which is to start a standing order and give a set amount each month then we made it unbelievably difficult for you. If you wanted to give off a one-off amount on PayPal, you could give off a one-off amount, but you can never do reoccurring giving. And then there was the Ping It app, and there's all sorts of things you'd have to go through. Whereas we actually now have a giving solution on our website, which I'll talk to you guys about late, a little bit later on in, in this uh, talk, because I believe it's such an amazing solution. Giving has never been more easy, and there'll be an option in there that you may decide, I don't want to give anything to City Hill, um, but you may decide you want to give to Father the Fatherless. So there'll be two things, which would be the general funding, which would be the running of the church, um, which money from that will go to fathering the fatherless anyway. But you may go, bun it, don't want to touch anything else. I only want it to be to that. And if you do, fantastic, cool, whatever. We can do that. We wanted to facilitate that because also there will be people that we will know that will not have a religious affiliation that will want to help with the mission of what we're trying to do with those three things, but won't want anything to do with church. And so we've created that as a secondary option because we really believe this is going to be so critical this year that it's not just a case of going there, dropping things off. People have done that, and it's a wonderful thing, and it needed to happen. But these kids, if they've lost their parents, that's going to be the rest of their lives. And that's not going to just go away tomorrow because we've gone and done something. And so when we had that, I had that anger and that rage stirring inside me about the whole scenario. And as we talked about in the first week of the series with Hulk, it was about channeling that anger and rage that we see something. And I felt God saying to me, I'm father to the fatherless. So you as a church are going to be father to the fatherless. And you're going to channel this, this, this rage and we're going to use it and we're going to bring about change within people's lives and support them through some of the most difficult years ahead. So today what we're going to be talking about is Luke chapter 15. And verse 11 to 32. And I've just realized that wonderful moment where, Jody, do you have a Bible installed on your phone? No. There we go. Who knew? Hashtag pagan. Hashtag not enough memory. Yeah, it's great to know you prioritized snappity Snapchat. <laughs> over the eternally important <laughs> word of God. I will edit this hammering out of the talk that goes on the podcast. Does anyone have like an ESV 
Oh, yeah. You know what? I don't even care. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Right now, I will take it. Oh, no, no, not King James. No, no, bun that. Bun that, bun that. Have you got... What have you got? That's ESV. ESV? Yeah, legend. Me? I was just like, I'm totally screwed. Okay, so now... So Luke 15... Luke 15, verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had, took a journey into a far country and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began uh, to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was um, longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring me the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his oldest son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants, asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come home and your father has killed the fattened calf because he received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and, in, and asked him and he said, he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you and never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when his, this, this son of yours came, who devoured your property of prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this young brother is dead and is now alive. He was lost and is now found. What I love about that particular story is it starts off actually with the son saying, dad, I wish you were dead to me. So as soon as he asks for the inheritance, he's literally saying, I wish you were dead. Like you have no good to me. I don't want anything to do with you. And actually, when I look at society, that's kind of our attitude to God as a father at the moment anyway. And I can understand why. Because for so many different people, when you talk to them about a father in heaven, their understanding is all the same experiences of these heroes. And then you're talking about you can have one of those with eternal, um, uh, eternal life and uh, all-powerful. And it's like, great, well, the dad in my life is enough problems as it is. I don't need an all-powerful scumbag on my case as well. You know what I mean? Their picture of who God is is so messed up. And so this guy is like, I want you dead. I want the inheritance. Has it. He squanders it. But the picture is that he comes running, he comes back because he, everything's falling apart. He's dying of starvation. Everything's falling around him and everything is so messed up. And when the father hears of it, he runs out and he puts his arms around him and he clothes him. And what I love about this story is I think so often our understanding of who God is and who it's traditionally been through like the, out, the history of the scriptures is so often people's understanding of who God was, was creator, it was distant, it was separate. And then the secondary thing of the Old Testament and the general um, climate among all the different nations, there was one reoccurring theme, and that is that God is angry. God is angry. And what Jesus does in this parable is he goes, God's not angry. 
God sees you coming back to him, realizing everything is just falling about around you. And in your most painful moment, he runs towards you and he flings his arms around you. And he doesn't go, well, hey, now earn it back. Here you go. You do that. You tidy up this place. You do this rubbish. You earn it back. You want to be back how things were where you're my son? That's cool. Well, you fix up, boy, and you tidy your room right now. You get straight back up there and you, you clear up that mess. No, he just flings his arms around him in this moment of just extending this grace. And I feel so often that what happens in churches, you get people that sometimes come to God as a prodigal and they come home and they're kind of broken and sometimes a bit of a mess. But sometimes people in church are actually like the older brother and they need some real healing because actually their understanding is, I'm so great, look at this waste man and what the hell is he doing here and why the hell are you celebrating about him, God? This guy's absolute dirt and you never celebrate me like that. And actually, we have to transition throughout the whole story. So sometimes you come home as a prodigal and you stick around in church, uh, not for too long, but it feels too long because you become the older brother, which is an absolute douche. But actually, the, the heart of God is for us to transition through all those stages, but to become like the father himself, that we are people that run out and embrace people. Today's Father's Day, and on Thursday, I had one of the most magical moments of my entire life on this earth. Um, I, I got home going through the first uh, front door to the apartment, and there's another set of second glass door. And as I got home, I got home, I think, a bit early. And what was brilliant about it was Jody was with Eden and her cousin, and um, granddad was there and Eden saw me come in through the glass and she shouted my name with such unbelievable joy and she started bouncing and jumping up and down bouncing on the spot like Ada, Ada, Ada because she mixes Daddy and, and Andy together so it's Ada, Ada, Ada so she goes Ada, Ada, Ada and then when I finally got through the second door she ran and she just flung her arms around me and she was so excited in doing this that her cousin then goes Daddy! And runs at me and hugs me as well. And it was kind of like, I'm not your dad. You don't normally hug me. But because Eden was so unbelievably excited about me, her cousin imitated and ran too. I feel actually, you know what, if you don't understand this parable properly and if you don't haven't experienced it for yourself, what happens is you live a Christian life where you're not running to your dad excited. You're coming, dragging your heels and your feet. And what happens when you run to the father excited, knowing, believing full well, no matter what you've done, he is who he says he is in this story. You run towards him. And when you run towards him, other people want to run towards him. But when people come to you with your, their agonies and their hurts and you add to them by being like, whoa, you did what? Oh, oh, and extending like that, man changes everything this parable changes everything it changes everything to the point of one last thing that i want to read and it's from mark um mark's gospel and chapter 14 and verse 32 and they went to a place called gethsemane and he said to his disciples sit here while i pray and he took with him peter james and john and began to um, greatly be distressed and troubled and he said to them my soul is very sorrowful even to death remain here and watch and going a little farther he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible with you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus is in the garden and he busts an Abba, Father, all things are possible with you. Let this cup pass from me, yet let your will be done. That is the deciding moment where you and I will now be able to say Abba, Father. So we transition from this idea of a distant creator to a formal father 
But here in this one passage, what Jesus says in his language is he cries, Daddy, Father. It's like Daddy, Father. It's like a, it's something a child would say. There's this, this love and this longing that I talked about that, that Eden has. He has it, she has it way more for a mum than me, but that was just a one-off moment for me. And it was great. And that's kind of what Jesus has here. In his deepest anguish, in his darkest hour, where he is burdened by the, the, the suffering that is coming his way, where he who knew no sin would be come sin itself throughout all time and space upon himself and he cried out Abba Father and then Paul the Apostle writes in two of his letters the same thing he mentions that phrase and one of them I'm going to look at just as we end here and in Romans 8 15 it says the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again so like I talked about the old way of thinking throughout their tradition there was always this fear that God is angry and you're kind of a slave not a son just like the son in the prodigal son wanted to go home and be a slave again he wasn't ready to be a son he wanted to earn his way there the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and we cry Abba Father by the spirit in us we cry Abba Father the view of God has been so overloaded with fear I guess now Um, that's how many in our society see God and see their fathers like a slave driver as someone to be fearful of and yet God leads us to this place where we're able to say Abba Abba Father and our whole view changes he's not static and distant he runs to us and flings his arms around us I'm going to pray for us today because um, ultimately speaking I believe that's what God wants us to be Father would you come by the power of your spirit would you meet with us Uh, Father, I thank you that you are not distant, that you run to us, you fling your arms around us, you lavish your grace upon us. Um, Father, I thank you, though, that actually, though we may come to you as a prodigal, and though sometimes we may lose our way and become the older brother, I thank you that the call of God is for us to be like our Father in heaven and that we are to imitate you. Father, would you do a work of your Holy Spirit inside of us that we would start to be more and more like the Father and that we would see the fatherless within our communities and on the international stage and that we would run to them, flinging our arms around them because that is exactly who you are. Um, would you empower us? Would you be with us this week? And would we, would we especially have eyes to see those who are fatherless in our communities that desperately need to know they have a Father in heaven but they need to hear the good news of how he is and our own stories and how he's run to us and lavished his grace in our own story and testimony because their idea of a father is so skewed. Be with us, I pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the one last thing I want to do that I talked about before and then we are totally done and somehow I've opened Instagram. Jeez, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, If you just want to open your phone, I just want to show you it. You don't have to do anything with it I just want to show you because it's so unbelievably cool so if you load cityhill.london and then you can scroll down there is now like the hymnal in the bottom part our Instagram feed and right beneath that there's a new bit saying giving is living if you click to give it will just take you to our giving page for now I'm going to fix that I'm going to fix that later on but now you're on the giving page after you've clicked the give button it says click to give online. If you just press that for one moment, you don't need to, I'm not asking you to give, I'm not telling you to give, I just want to show you how this works. It's so sick. And so on that page, what you'll have is you'll have a form. Giving a one-off gift is so easy, but now giving reoccurring is. So you type whatever amount you want, and it's got give to general. 
if you pressed general and you were like, no, I've the church, man, and you just want it to go solely to the father, to the, um, to the father, the fatherless, you can click that, and then that then means that will be registered as that, so then I know that money is totally allotted for that and it won't be touched for anything else. The cool thing is you can fill out just a card number, etc., and then at the bottom it has set up automated giving, so then you could choose, say, um, to give automatically, and then you press the drop down automatic give, and then it has every week, every two weeks, every month, the first 15 monthly. So it allows you to do like regular giving. So you might be like, you know what? I'm in this father to the fatherless thing for the, oh geez, I'm in this father to the fatherless thing for the long run, but I'm not doing anything. Um, I haven't got P right now. So you might be like, I'll set up five pound a month that I want to give to the fathers of the fatherless. You see what I'm saying? So it might not be a thing like, so you don't have to be like sitting there going, let's pray about flipping, getting a loan because we want to change this many children's lives. You can just give a small reoccurring amount and over the time it will sustain that. So that's what's really cool about that. I'm really happy about this system because like I said, we're never going to be passing anything around here because we feel that God has said that for us not to be that. But I did want to break down the barrier of people having to take time out of their day to go to the bank to do reoccurring giving. That's absurd and ridiculous.